It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six of time. It's a Wednesday, and over the hump we go. Let's wake up my own. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. I've got a, a couple of cuts here. Well, one in particular from the president, who will try to reassure us that something bad is not about to happen. And his reassurance makes me worry that something bad is about to happen. Trigger warning. Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, Torons, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. And feel free to participate. So here's the president being interviewed, and he's being asked about the possibility of a recession. Now, the president is trying to reassure us that everything's going to be okay. Should the American people prepare for a recession? No. Look, they've been saying this now how every, every six months they say this. Every six months they look down the next six months and see what's going to happen. It hadn't happened yet. Hold on just a minute here. Because what he's about to say, that end up right there just worries me as it is. He has no clue what's actually happening down here with the economy. But I'm going to play this again from the beginning, let it go all the way through. He starts to give his reasons why it's not going to happen because of all the wonderful things that he has done and the Democrats have done to make sure it doesn't happen. Yet his explanation of how they're keeping us out of recession my understanding of economics shows that they're doing everything that will get us into a recession. Just the opposite is going to happen because of these very actions he names. Should the American people prepare for a recession? No. Look, they've been saying this now how uh, every, every six months they say this. Every six months they look down the next six months and see what's going to happen. It hadn't happened yet. It hadn't been, there, there, has, there is no, there's no guarantee that they're going to be recession. I don't think there will be a recession. If it is, it'll be a very slight recession. That is, we'll move down slightly. Well, look, think about what's happened. We have done more. We're in a better position than any other major country in the world, economically and politically. We are. We still have real problems. But we look, 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 what, we've, look what we got done. We, we, we passed so much legislation that significantly makes a, makes a point about, you know, for example, the American Rescue Plan, the, the legislation to deal with inflation, um, the, the Inflation Act. We moved along. I mean, there's so much that's been accomplished that the idea that there's uh, something, there's an automaticity to recession is just not, is just not there. They keep, they've been predicting this off and on for the last... Okay. First off, you notice he has trouble keeping a train of thought there. That's worrisome. And even forgets the name of some of the, his own legislation. That's worrisome right there. But again, some of that very legislation that he has mentioned is part of what has led us into inflation and high unemployment and toward recession, high gas prices and so on. It's his very policies that have put us in this position. We had, and I was so thrilled 
that we had at one point the strongest economy in 50 years. On every level, it was the strongest economy in 50 years. Now, let's not forget it was government that shut down the economy over COVID. That was a massive mistake. And that was happening. Well, that happened under Trump. Okay, That was his mistake. Then comes Biden. And Biden just makes things far worse, especially when it comes to rules, regulations, you know, the government's control over various industries. And an increase in the size of bureaucracy, also an increase in taxation and how much they would love to tax us, borrowing, artificially pumping money into the economy. Just the few things that I've mentioned just here already makes things far worse than they would have been if we had done the opposite, gotten government out of the way. Let's Instead, if we get government out of the way and let the economy do what it naturally does, we would be back to where we were before with about the strongest economy in 50 years. Love Trump or hate him doesn't matter. Here's something he did right. He reduced the size of government. That's funny, Miss Mary. Miss Mary says a very slight recession, a little baby recession, the idiot bittiest recession, <laughs> a snack size recession. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. This little bitty recession, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. Things are tough enough as it is. You get into a little itty bitty recession, and things get just at at that point really hard. And Watch what happens. We fall into recession, no matter, even if it's little itty bitty. Watch as your Democrats, as the president, say, well, we need to help these people. We need more government. We need more borrowing. We need to pump more money into the economy. We need more regulations. We need to tax the rich, we, you know, et cetera, et cetera, which is everything that led us to where we are now. What you want to do to get us out of this situation is the opposite of what we're doing now. Honestly speaking, when you see that you're doing something that is leading, well, and this is where I think many of the Democrats don't understand, what they're doing leads us down the road to economic ruin. They honestly think that they're helping if what you're doing is not only not helping, but making the situation worse, then back off. Do the opposite of what you're doing. I always hear the phrase, and it drives me nuts, we got to move forward. We're moving forward, moving forward. What if the forward direction you're going to is a very bad place? Just because you're walking forward doesn't necessarily mean you're going to a bad place. So the answer, what got us into this position in the first place? Big government. So what would get us out of this situation? Very tiny government. You know, I'm an advocate for that. Now, whenever I say something like this, of course, well, we have to have some government. We have to have some rules. I never said none. Just enough government to make sure that the game is played fairly. Okay. Honest and fair. That's it. Honest and fair. That's all government does is to make – oh, and clean. We can say clean just to make sure people aren't polluting. No, CO2 is not a pollutant. People are being fair and honest with each other. That's what government is there for, to make sure it's done fair because there's always bad players. But government is not here to run the economy. This is one of the reasons why you see I'm opposed to uh, subsidies, 
for certain, like the wind industry and and electric cars, but there's subsidies for all sorts of other things that government wants you to be involved in, but also government trying to strangle certain industries out of existence. Coal, gas, and oil is one example, but there's many other industries that government wants to strangle out of existence. Let the consumer decide. It's not for the people in Washington, D.C., to decide our path for us. Let the consumers decide. Coming up on 615. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Into Rome with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Twenty-one's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name's Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Okay, so I'll move on from that story. Just wanted to start with when the president is trying to assure us that we're just going to have a, a, you know, we're not going to have a recession. Well, maybe a teensy-weensy, itty-bitty one, but that's about it. But don't worry, everything we did to get us into a recession in the first place, we're just going to do it to get us out of a recession. Not really comforted by that. All right, now, yesterday I touched on this story. I wanted to follow up on it. Because I now have some audio from this. So, Toulouse Gillibrand, am I pronouncing it right? T U L S I. Tulsi Gillibrand? It's one of those names I always get wrong, even when someone says it to me out loud, I still can't say it. This was a woman who uh, served time in the military and in combat, Democrat her entire life, ran for Congress, won, and was seen at the time. As the darling of the Democrat Party, all the major news outlets were fawning over her. She was immediately, immediately, as a freshman congresswoman, appointed to a high position in Congress in the Democrat Party. I mean, immediately. Oh, they just had, they loved that she was a strong, independent-minded woman. You know, all these wonderful things to say. Until... She started speaking out on her own about things that she shouldn't have been saying or doing. She disagreed with the Democrat Party on some things, and that was just shocking because you're not supposed to do that. You can't disagree with the Democrat Party. They will cancel you. She just recently resigned from the Democrat Party. She can no longer consider herself a Democrat. This, of course is only because they began to savage her as she was off the reservation, again, saying things that she was not supposed to say. She has a podcast where she talks to the people who voted for her. Here's what she said. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party. It's now under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers driven by cowardly wokeness, who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms enshrined in our Constitution, and who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, who demonize the police, who protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, who believe in open borders, who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents, and above all, are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. Now, these 
are some of the main reasons I'm leaving the Democratic Party. Now, again, this doesn't mean that she puts on the maggot hat and starts uh, voting for Trump and other conservatives and so on. She probably still holds uh, a lot of her Democrat ideals, more liberal thinking ideals. Fine. But this is one of many people who just cannot remain in this party anymore. Remember the hashtag walk away movement because they've gone so radical, hardcore left. In fact, she went on Tucker Carlson last night. He asked her on to explain a little bit more about why she left the party. Here's what she had to say on Tucker. I've always been an independent-minded person, a Democrat, yes, but an independent Democrat. And my loyalties are very clear. I love our country. And I took an oath both as a service member, as a soldier, as well as as a member of Congress to support and defend the Constitution. And that's an oath that I take extremely seriously. And so when you look at this party, the, the today's Democratic Party, it's controlled by fanatical ideologues who hate freedom. They despise yes. the Constitution. They actively find ways to undermine our God-given rights enshrined in the Constitution, like freedom of speech. If you say something and I say something that they don't like, instead of saying, you know what, agree to disagree, live and let live in the traditional liberalist kind of way. No, that's not good enough. They will do all that they can to destroy you, silence you, smear you, work with big tech, work with corporate media to actively destroy anyone who dares to even question their agenda. They are against freedom of religion. They are hostile towards people of faith, people who have their own spiritual practice, especially Christians, finding ways to uh, be vindictive, to discriminate, to punish people who happen to exercise that freedom of religion. The list goes on and on, but the foundation of freedom is really what was at the heart of my making this decision, that I cannot be a member of a party that is against freedom and actively trying to undermine it. Remember, if you can, for those who were around during that time, let's go back to the 1960s where you had on-campus universities across America, the movement, what we called the hippie movement at the time. But their idea was to, well, war against the man, if you will. And they wanted freedom of speech, freedom of expression, to be able to say what they wanted to say, live how they wanted to live. Because at the time... The cancel culture was not on the left. It was right-wing cancel culture. And they wanted the freedom to speak and live as they wanted to, which was their American right. And so they fought for it. But those same people now have gone so far radical left, just as you just heard the congresswoman say, they've moved so far radical to the left that now they have become far worse than the people that they've replaced. They wanted to push conservative ideologues out and conservative cancel culture out, and they did. But in doing so, they swung so far that they ended up becoming exactly everything that they've hated, if not worse. It's good to see, I like, it's good to see the war within the left that's happening right now, because I've got coming up later this morning Bill Maher, television commentator, very liberal. Every so often you hear him say similar things to what this congresswoman just said. Th that guy is as left-leaning as it gets. And yet even he has said just enough of this woke cancel culture garbage. 
If you don't agree, they will attack and do all they can to destroy. So there's even members, and I remember saying this, I'm, I, I'm not someone who loves predictions, but sometimes it's just obvious. So about a decade or more ago, I looked at left-leaning culture, the hardcore left, and said they are going to destroy their own movement. They're going to push so hard that their own people will fall away because no one likes to be treated this way. No one will tolerate it. They will eventually attack their own, eat their own, and so they will lose their own because of it. And that's how the movement falls apart. Now, the reason I know that this is going to happen is because I watched it happen to the right wing when I was a young man, and now it's happening to the left wing. What we need to do as Americans is be careful as the pendulum swings back to not let it swing so far back that we wind up right back where we are right now, but with a different group in charge. You know, meet the new boss, same as the old boss, as the song goes. Coming up on 6.30, local news coming your way. Update on your weather forecast. Then I'll play that Bill Maher quote for you. 888-97-Woods. Wake up, Wyoming. is AM 1030 K2 Radio. 6.36 the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Alright, 888-97-WOODS, the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Hello to Grandpa Rich, who's out there in Thermopolis. Let's see the picture. He likes to send me pictures. Oh, that's cute. Little baby bison following mama around up there. He's in Thermopolis. We can see the bison way up top over there. Rianne Ford Danger, Chet and Yoder with me. Okay, so I wanted to, since I played the congresswoman who said I can't be a Democrat anymore, even though she used to be a darling of the Democrat Party until she spoke her own mind. And she's not allowed to do that. Well, apparently you're only allowed to say what Democrats believe. You say anything else and you'll be crushed, destroyed, canceled. So Monday was Columbus Day, right? Now, you're supposed to hate Columbus Day for all sorts of reasons that they lay out for you. It's supposed to be Indigenous Persons Day and so on. Well, okay. Bill Maher is as leftist as they get. And Bill Maher has had about enough of the left wing. Did Columbus commit atrocities? Of course. But people back then were generally atrocious. And the capacity for cruelty is a human thing, not a white thing. That's the truth, even though it doesn't jibe with the current narrative. But in today's world, when truth conflicts with narrative, it's the truth that has to apologize. Being woke is like a magic moral time machine where you judge everybody against what you imagine you would have done in 1066, and you always win. So there's, again, hardcore leftist Bill Maher, who's it, it, lately, I've been playing a lot of audio from him. He has had about enough of his own leftists, again, like the congresswoman. This doesn't mean that he puts on a MAGA hat and starts voting for Trump. He still holds a lot of his left-leaning ideas. He still does. But he just can't go with this certain crowd who, when it comes to do you celebrate Columbus Day or not, 
you're supposed to just completely believe the narrative and you're not allowed to say anything else. If you do, you are canceled. Now, on that note, here, let me bring up another. I was going to save this for earlier this or later this morning, but now nah, let's go ahead and do this. So from the website Climate Depot, this gentleman is being interviewed about who owns climate science. And let's take a look at what happens when the narrative on climate change is disrupted or even just questioned. If you Google climate change, you will, at the top of your search, you will get all kinds of UN resources. We started this partnership when we were shocked to see that when we Googled climate change, we were getting incredibly distorted uh, information right at the top. We own the science. I mean, this is, they believe it's their intellectual property rights. So if you say anything about it, you, you're not allowed. They have a monopoly on truth. This is actually their mindset. Now keep in mind, what is the United Nations Climate Panel? It's a self-serving lobbying organization started in 1988 that's looking at whether CO2 causes a climate catastrophe. If they fail to find that it does, they have no reason to exist. As a bonus, if they say that, say that CO2 is causing a catastrophe, the UN is also in charge of coming up with the solution. Through Paris Climate Accords, etc. So they have every reason to claim ownership of the science. However, what's shocking about that, Google and the United Nations, in a form of collusion, get together and they suppress dissent and literally silence anyone who would dare challenge the self-serving lobbying organization like the United Nations Climate Panel. Right. And they say that what they have is the truth and anything else is just misinformation. And you're not allowed to speak anything that is misinformation in their view it's just lies it's just in misinformation and here's the, what i think is the worst part and so they don't even want to debate it they don't even want to talk about it now at times what i attempt to do on this program you will hear and i do allow calls of course from people who disagree with me and therefore except for dave from san francisco who's just a jerk i allow even guests on on occasion who completely disagree with me as long as we're having an adult discussion about it. I'm perfectly happy to do that. This is supposed to be what I'm trying to create here is a forum where we can come and talk like adults about things like this. It is, to me, disturbing. It, there are people on the right that do this. Right now, I see mostly people on the left doing this, more so even. But there's even people on the right who cannot stand to hear an opinion that's different from their own, and they just want it silenced. To give you an example of someone on the right real quick, I did see, uh, again, social media posts. Somebody was trying to make the argument that the television show The View should be canceled. In which case, I said, I thought you were for freedom of speech and adult conversations and exchange of ideas. I mean, you know, you're living in a free country. There's going to be people who disagree with you. And you're going to have to be a big boy about it and learn to tolerate it. That's what being an adult is. You know, living in a free country takes a lot of responsibility and maturity, which is why I can say those currently on the hardcore left lack that maturity and don't want freedom. If they did, then they would be fine with you disagreeing with them rather than trying to crush you because she did. 642, Wake Up Wyoming. Satellite and radio. Wake Up Wyoming goes anywhere you do with the Wake Up Wyoming app. Free download for Apple and Android. This is K2 Radio.
6.48 is the time. Let's wake up Wyoming. Off we go to the ice box where Frank Gambino is waiting by. Uh, so, Frank, I put up a post on the Wake Up Wyoming site this morning that is, well, it's really to be read by people who I don't think are going to read it. Okay. Uh, those people who have been arrested and are getting their mug shots taken. Right, yeah, they, yeah. they don't like that. No, and I usually have just a piece of advice to people who are, Getting your mugshot taken. First off, this is not your high school yearbook photo. Don't smile. No, that, it, it leaves a bad impression. Yeah, it that, does. That's, that you're not yeah. remorseful or not taking the, yeah. the thing seriously. Well, so many people are used to the idea. You're going to take their picture. And, oh, I'm going to have a picture taken. And they smile. Again, yeah. that's not what's going on here. So Now, the, the first picture in the lineup of just the worst the worst pictures of Wyoming, you know, uh, Mug shots. Uh, mug shots, yeah. The first guy has a very sooty face, as if his face has been in a fire somewhere, which is pretty much what happened because they caught him trying to set fires in downtown Cheyenne. He's an arsonist. Okay. And his face is all covered in soot. So you see, it matches his profession, right? He looks like a, like the face of a chimney sweep. That's what I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, okay. Kind of looks that way. Now, the next guy has not only uh, tattoos on his cheeks, but in his forehead, a very unusual-looking, the only way I can describe it is, a, is as a bullseye. On his forehead. On his forehead. And he's leaning forward, looking at the camera like, go ahead, shoot me right there, which, frankly, I would like to. But this is the kind of uh, face, not just the expression, but the tattoos that says, I'm going to be doing something bad real soon, so you might as well just arrest me. Or... Suicide by cop. Yes, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now the next guy. Here's a, just just a thought, uh, Frank. If you're bald, you can either go with it and own it. You can get a toupee. Do not tattoo the entire skull. Oh, some people do that. Some people do. And my really the the problem I have with that is everybody can enjoy the tattoo, but you. <laughs> Well, you can't see it. If right? It's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> so unless you you know you you've, you've tattooed like a globe or something like that, a global yeah, map yeah. on on the top if, of your head. Unless yeah. you want to walk around with a camera hanging there back yeah. there, as we, <laughs> so you can go ahead and see what the back of your head looks like. Don't do that because once again, it just says not making good life decisions. No, not at all. Major League Baseball, the divisional best-of-five series began yesterday in the American League. Houston got a three-run walk-off home run in the bottom of the ninth from Jordan Alvarez to stun Seattle 8-7 to lead that series one game to none. Also in the AL, the New York Yankees beat Cleveland in game 1-4-1. to Anthony Rizzo Hobart and drove in two for the Yankees. In the National League, Philadelphia surprised Atlanta in game 1-8-7 with the Dodgers rally falling short in the bottom of the ninth. The LA Dodgers beat San Diego 5-3 to as the Dodgers scored the first five runs of the game. This afternoon, game two between Atlanta and Philadelphia and tonight, game two between Los Angeles and San Diego. In the NFL this week, former Wyoming Cowboy quarterback Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills have a huge game. They'll take on Kansas City in a rematch of their classic playoff game last season in which the Chiefs won in overtime. Allen had a field day back on Sunday as the Bills ran over the Pittsburgh Steelers 38-3. He threw for 348 yards in the first half and 424 for the game. He also, Allen threw a 98-yard touchdown pass on third down and 10 to Gabe Harris on the Bills' first possession of the game. You know, and Allen figures it's a confident group they got. Backed up to, to take a shot like that. It's not too often that you get a chance to do that um, early on in the game. And um, backed up, obviously, the, the kick return, you know, put us at the two-yard line, put us down the eight ball a little bit there. 
Um, but guys were resilient. Um, we didn't blink. You know, just trusted our guys, and they made some plays. Bills are four and one. Kansas City is four and one after a win over the Las Vegas Raiders, thirty to twenty nine. In high school football, our latest Wild Preps poll is out. Four and four A Sheridan remains number one. Cheyenne East remains number two. And the Troy remains number three. Cheyenne Central remains number four. Thunder Basin remains number five. In three A, Cody still one. Star Valley two. Douglas still three. Followed by Buffalo and Powell. Lovell remains number one in two A. Tongue River still two. Followed by Lyman, Bighorn, and Cokeville. And one A nine man Pine Bluff still number one. Wind River two and Shoshone three. Those two teams will play each other on Thursday in Pavilion. And in 1A6, man, Little Snake River still number one, Dubois two, Burlington three, and Camden four, and KC five. Former Wyoming Cowboy basketball player Drake Jeffries signed a free agent deal with the NBA's Orlando Magic. Now all he has to do is make the team. He did not play in Orlando's preseason game last night against Memphis, but in his senior year at UW, Jeffries was just an excellent from the perimeter. He made 94-3, shooting 41% from beyond the arc. Jeffries did play with the Denver Nuggets summer league team back in July. That's it in sports. I do have a picture here of a woman who, when you first look at it, you might feel actually sorry for her because she actually does look very remorseful, like she's about to break down in tears during her mugshot. Yeah. Then you find out police chased her down because it started when she tried to run somebody off the road with her vehicle. Then she tried to run somebody over with her vehicle. And then there was a police chase after that until they caused her to wreck her vehicle. At some point, though, I have to stop feeling sorry for her. Why, why would she even be trying to smile? I, I don't even know. But again, at least her mugshot says, okay, I'm really making poor decisions here. <laughs> That's what I want to see in a mugshot. Yeah. Like, okay. Some remorse. Yes, please. Coming up on some local business, we have to take care of news time after that. National Local Update on your weather forecast, Wake Up Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Back to the state of Wyoming. We go for the next topic here, which is still, I don't think what I'm about to explain to you is a done deal, but it's more dunner than it was a week ago. Does that even make sense saying it that way? I don't know. I talk for a living. I'll just go with that. Okay, so <clears throat> there's a bill that was introduced. Now, I know the Wyoming legislative body is not in session yet, but a lot of things get introduced, and there's a lot of meetings in preparation for the session. So there was a bill introduced to strip the Secretary of State of his powers in the state of Wyoming. And that's because some people did not like the idea of Chuck Gray, former Representative Chuck Gray. He is the nominee. For the Republican Party. And for a while there, he was the only one. There was nobody else running against him anywhere. Now there's some uh, writing candidates giving it a try. But okay. So there was the big upheaval there. People upset at the idea. So you just, you don't like Chuck. So you're going to try to strip his office of powers, uh, SF-104. And for those who don't know, SF-104, Wyoming school superintendent, well, they, they were members of the Wyoming House and Senate and the governor at the time, not our current governor. That really didn't like her. And so they tried to strip her of her powers, which did not go over well. I mean, if you wanted to get rid of her, that's impeach her, whatever the case is, but don't strip me. And they wanted to make it an appointed position, too, which I also had a problem with at the time. I'm glad they didn't because don't take away my vote. 
All right, here's the story. Cowboy State Daily. A proposal to establish a nonpartisan elections commission is likely dead in the water, according to a representative, Dan Zanwitzer, Republican Cheyenne. Chairman of the Corporation's Election and Political Subdivisions Committee had proposed setting up a five-member nonpartisan election commission to oversee Wyoming elections. The panel would take power away from future secretaries of state in their duties to oversee elections. And again, they, they want to do that because Chuck Gray took a look at what happened in elections in various states around the nation, like Georgia, and didn't like what he saw and wants to make sure that that doesn't happen here in Wyoming. By the way, I have a follow-up story on that with the current Secretary of State. Hold that thought. Okay. So Zawitzer said he's hoping the proposal or dropping the proposal because it's unlikely to gain any traction with lawmakers. This is not something anyone believes, he said, will pass in February, he told Cowboy State Daily. He said the idea of setting up a commission is still alive, but will take a backseat to a slate of other election-related bills planned to be discussed in the Corporations Committee on Friday. So it's not dead, but it's a very low priority is what he said at the time. So, okay. Pulled at this time, low priority. Now, let me see. Where is the other story that I had here? And she secretary all risk. Uh, okay. Um, the new secretary of state. So our old secretary of state resigned and moved on to other things. So until our new secretary of state is sworn in, we have to have the general election first, of course. Then we get our new secretary of state. So we had to have someone in the in the meantime. So the governor appointed someone. Headline, new secretary of state already asked Wyoming County clerks to eliminate ballot boxes, which is part of what Chuck Gray wanted to do. By ballot boxes, I mean those drop boxes that you see. To be able to walk up onto a street corner, like the, like the mailboxes we used to have on street corners all over the place, and just be able to drop in your vote right there. Interim secretary of state Carl Allred has wasted no time in trying to alter Wyoming's election process. He sent a letter to state's county clerks Friday, last Friday, requesting they consider removing absentee ballot drop boxes. He was sworn into the appointed job just uh, three days prior. Quote, I'm mindful of the fact that there have been no issues reported with the use of drop boxes in Wyoming, but that does not alleviate the potential for abuse. Which is the same thing Chuck Gray happened, because uh, Chuck Gray saw the abuse that happened in other states. That's why I brought up the state of Georgia, for example. Doesn't want that to happen here. Story from Cowboy State goes on to say, Representative Chuck Gray, Republican Casper, the Republican nominee, who is largely expected to be the next Secretary of State of Wyoming, has no official opponent in the general election. There is someone running as a write-in, I think ran a primary campaign pledge to remove those boxes since he won't take office until January and a potential action on changing future elections under his watch won't take in effect till the 2024 election. So Mr. Albright decided, well, let's go ahead and do that now if we can for the upcoming election in November, November 8th when you make that decision. So if you have absentees, you're not going to be able to just go up and drop them in some drop box somewhere. Again, that has been a problem for some other states. 
has never, to my knowledge, been a problem in Wyoming, but has been a problem in other states. And it it's a chance for some people to basically try to stuff the ballot box, if you will. Uh, and, it, yeah, there's even a documentary on that, but you get the idea. Allred did not immediately respond to Cowboy State daily request for comment as to whether Gray asked him to send the county clerks any kind of request. Gray also did not respond to any requests for that. That doesn't mean they did or didn't. Before being chosen by interim, as interim secretary of state by Governor Mark Gordon, Allred would not commit and is not speaking to Gray until after the general election. Sweetwater County Clerk Cynthia Lane said she is unsure with a month to go before the general election. If her office will remove that county's absentee ballot box as she has not yet spoken to her county attorney and considering the issue, she, she said, I want to know what the public thinks about it. My community uses it, and I have no concerns about its security, she said. In Allred's letter, it acknowledges that early voting has already begun. And this is where, now, you... You tell me on this one, because when it comes to early voting in Wyoming, to me, it's actually very easy to do. You could always mail it back in. I mean, you can go ahead and request and get your ballot and fill it out and mail it back in. There's that. Or you can just head on down to your courthouse. Depends on whether you live close to your courthouse or not. Actually, I live so close to my courthouse, the last time I voted, which was during the primary, I literally walked one block up the road and voted. Yeah, I, I've done that before where I looked over, oh, they're doing voting right over there right now? And I could literally, from work, from work, just walk a block over and just go ahead and vote. So for me, easy. For some other people, you might live way out in the boonies because, you know, Wyoming. So you're way out in the boonies somewhere, and maybe it's not as easy if you wanted to go vote early, but you can do it next time you're in town somewhere or next time you're around wherever you go to vote in your area because some of you don't even live anywhere near a downtown area. But there's some place where you can go vote. And again, you can always mail it too. So in the Cowboy State Daily story, they have a section, Potential Issues. Lane said she's unsure if there would be any legal ramification for removing access to voting in this way. Jennifer Lowe, executive director of Equality State Policy Center, said removing the boxes prior to election could be a confusing or challenging for voters who are used to using those boxes. And they say there's a understanding that there's an issue with these boxes, safe and secure, they are a viable voting mechanism, especially for rural community members who want to participate in these elections. Okay. Boxes in Sweetwater County. Lane said she finds the absentee boxes are a useful tool in Sweetwater with 10,491 square miles of the county and more than a two-hour drive from the county courthouse in Green River to the edge of it. It's really convenient for them to be able to do this. And I kind of wonder, but can you just mail them back in? I don't know. But we're taking a look at the solutions. Probably not something that will be settled, even though the current Secretary of State for Wyoming is trying to do something now. Probably something that won't be settled right now. Deplorable Deb and Casper, is that which is tricky. 
This could be a ruse to stop all of us from driving to Cheyenne. I don't trust it. Okay. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I, I don't agree. I don't think that it is. I don't think anyone's trying to pull a fast one on this one. It's just more of a way of how do we do this exactly. We've seen problems in other states. Wyoming hasn't had these problems, but we're trying to make sure that we never do. 716 to time wake up Wyoming. Talk radio's gotten it's happening in Wyoming. It's on Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97 Woods. Seven twenty is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Red and Casper has a good question here. If you can drop the ballot in any mailbox, then how is a drop box any different? Good question, yeah. Uh, there, There is, I think, uh, some good questions. Why is the mailbox any different than the ballot box, for that matter? And mail-in voting, too. Because you can, if you're, let's say, in another state. Let's say you got a job in South Carolina, right? And so you want to vote in Wyoming, even though you're not a South Carolina resident. You're just there on the job. So you want to vote. So you can request an absentee ballot. It'll arrive in the mail. You can fill it out and send it back. Now, when it arrives in the mail like that, there are certain procedures to make sure that it is actually you and it hasn't been tampered with. There's a whole list of things that to make sure that that ballot is the real deal. They check things like postmark and is it sealed and et cetera, et cetera, to make sure that that is actually you and you're not sending in multiples, right? Or people aren't trying to stuff the ballot box through the name. So the drop box, I think, is handled a bit differently. It'll be interesting to see what exactly are the problems with drop boxes, what happened in places like Georgia, why they had a problem with it, and why can't people who want to do early voting. Again, if if you live so far away that you can't go down to a precinct that allows early voting, but you want to, then can you just request an absentee ballot for early voting and do it by mail? Which a lot of people do anyway. So I don't personally think we even need the drop boxes. We can just go ahead and do it by mail. We've been doing that for a very long time in this country. So I think that's probably a way to do it. And again, the concerns, nothing bad has happened in Wyoming, really. But since there were problems in other states, people want to make sure nothing bad does happen in the state of Wyoming. So that's where we are in this story. I don't think that anything the new Secretary of State is currently doing in requesting that counties get rid of these drop boxes will happen in the short amount of time we have left before this next election cycle. I'd be very surprised if any changes are made in the short amount of time that we have left. We'll see. I could be wrong about that, but we'll see. All right, next story up. Wyoming public educators demand respect. Again, another Cowboy State Daily story. Less scrutiny from legislators. This gets back to a lot of the topics we've been talking about the past few weeks, and that includes some of the objectionable material at the school library in Casper, Wyoming. And how much oversight do you want of your schools from the legislative body or from just Cheyenne in general? Or do you want what we've traditionally done in the state of Wyoming, and it's your local school board that is handling local issues? And if you don't like your local school board, get rid of them. I do have a follow-up story for this. I'll get to in a second where 
in the state of Florida, oh, they have cleaned house on some school boards. But hang on just a moment. Educators and their advocates on Monday, the story says, demanded more respect from Wyoming public legislators. They also asked for mental health support and better pay for teachers. Later in the day, while meeting with in Casper with the Legislative Joint Appropriations Committee, Joint Education Committee voted to send a $70 million request, $70 million appropriations to increase school funding in response to inflation. Advocates from Wyoming Public School Education System, as well as one uh, third grade teacher, testified before the Education Committee on Monday morning about the hardships experienced currently by school staff. Quote, if you ask any educator, they will tell you that they just want to be respected and trusted and valued. That's the third grade teacher, Pioneer Park. Respect was the key theme for the, uh, well, for what most of them were talking about there. At uh, at least one major Wyoming school district, Natrona County School District Number 1, embroiled in that debate over possible objectionable material, some say even pornographic material, I think it is, that's in the library. So there has been some talk about maybe the Wyoming House and Senate need to take a look at what kind of material is allowed in the library, or is that something you would rather have handled at your school board level? Now, on that note, let me go back real quick and find uh, uh, Florida. Here we go. Story says, headline, should states follow Florida's example on school boards? Last month, the story says conservatives made major gains in school boards across Florida. From Sarasota to Bavard to Clay and even Miami-Dade counties, conservatives won outright majorities. The shift was pretty, well, attributable to a groundswell of popular discontent with the cultural disconnection of public schools. It was also partly attributable to the entrance of the new outside political actors, uh, such as, and it talks about Moms for Liberty, groups like that, that decided to get involved. Which, by the way, is something that I've been screaming about for a long time. Victory goes to those who show up. And for the longest time, school board meetings across America, and do we still call them PTA meetings, Parents Teacher Association? Those meetings were just empty. So whenever there was a meeting of teachers and parents or school boards and so on, most of the public never showed up, never got involved in anything like this until, and I think COVID had a lot to do with this because many parents were told, we're not going to send our kids to school. They're going to have to learn remotely from home. And parents now are at home with the kids. The kid videos in, video chats in with the rest of the class. And the kids finally get to see what the or the parents finally get to see what the kids are learning in school. And they were shocked. Material popping up on their screen, which the parents are scratching their heads going, what are we doing here? I think that was part of it. Not the whole thing, but part of it. And as parents became more aware, they became more upset by what was going on in schools. Now, for the longest time, we made, I think, a major mistake in America where we just trusted our school system. The school bus is going to pull up and just pick up your kids. You send them out to it, right? So the government bus goes to the government school, and you just don't worry about it. You had a good experience in school, so your kids are having the same experience, right? Nothing's changed, right? That's what you think anyway. 
until you find out a lot has changed. And you've seen by now or have heard about by now, I've seen many, teachers who consider themselves not to be just teachers of the topic they were hired to teach, but they consider themselves to be activists and want to reprogram the kids away from what the parents wanted to teach the kids, how the parents wanted to raise the kids. And so when parents began to find out about this, they became upset and organizations were started. Parents' rights groups started to show up at school board meetings across the country, and the battle is on. And if they couldn't change the mind of the school board, which in many cases they couldn't because the school board is used to having all of this power and nobody showing up to question them. So when parents showed up upset and started to question them, well, the school board's reaction from school boards across the country was not good. Now, in the case of Florida, the answer was, well, I guess we need a new school board. And so in this past election cycle in Florida, and we're about to see it again, more of it in November, school boards across Florida are being flipped. Yeah, People who have been on the school board and running things for a very long time are no longer there. Fresh blood has been introduced. Good to see. And that's something I've been screaming about for years. Need to see more of it. Parents want your kid, you want your kid to go to public school? Fine. Then you're going to have to be active in your public school at every single level. So when it comes to here in the state of Wyoming, the question, because I know our legislative body is wondering, should we pass legislation to take more control of Wyoming schools? But people in Wyoming like their schools being handled at the local level. If that's the case, then fine. Get involved. Show up to these meetings. Run for office. That's how that's done. If you want, if you actually want local control, that means you have to show up to control it, right? Coming up on local news right after that, update on your weather forecast. 888-97-WOODS, the phone number. It's Wake Up Wyoming. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Be part of the show. 736 at 97 Woods, the phone number. Another, they, they're really on a roll today. Cowboy State Daily again, another article from them. This has to do, we've talked about this before, we've heard a lot about it. Your ESG score. It's basically, if you're in business, what is your score on the environment, especially with carbon emissions? Which here again, the idea that CO2 is a pollutant and we're causing catastrophic climate change. Okay. So there's a push out there when it comes to doing business, especially with coal, gas, oil, energy industry. Well, are these businesses going to be able to do business on Wall Street, which they need investors? Can they get loans from banks? Well, it depends. What's their carbon footprint? That's basically the gist of it. Republican Senator Ogden Driscoll, Devil's Tower. It's way more real than anyone in Wyoming as a whole, other than maybe a banker, understands. Yeah, it's in. there's a potential Wyoming impact on this. 
So the story here from Cowboys State Daily says United Nations origins, ESG incorporates many factors into how it rates companies, including equal pay for women, equal representation in corporate boards, in addition to what they call greenhouse gas emissions, sustainability, et cetera, et cetera. Betsy Atkins, entrepreneur and corporate governance expert, said ESG first appeared in 2006 with the United Nations. All right, so... Um, Director of Research and co-founder of Energy Aspects wrote in the Financial Times last year that the movement has resulted in a 50% decline in oil and gas exploration between 2011 and 2021. The impact of ESG has become so pronounced that some Wyoming lawmakers have attempted to limit its influence. Last spring, the Minerals Business and Economic Development Committees debated a bill that would have prohibited banks and other lenders from considering ESG in their lending practices in the state of Wyoming. I don't know how they intend to enforce that, but that's what they want to do. Senator Bo Biden, Republican Ranchester, sponsored the bill and likened ESG to a social credit score like the Chinese have, for example. So it has potential impact in other areas. So Ogden Driscoll co-sponsored a bill. He said he heard representatives of oil companies at the Energy Council at an annual meeting in Texas last month talking about the harm the movement has done to companies. And again, companies like that right here in the state of Wyoming. But it goes beyond coal, gas, and oil. Here's the part you might not have thought. Story says, while ESG gives nuclear energy high marks for zero emissions, the companies get low marks for use of water, nuclear waste and safety. Well, Bill Gates' Tierra Power is coming to Wyoming. The company declined comment about ESG, but the company's marketing materials bill Wyoming project as potentially providing enough energy for about 400,000 homes entirely without CO2 emissions. Pause. I always have to say it. As the scientists will tell you, as I've shown you many times on this program, CO2 is not a pollutant. And the scientists, I have played you the audio on this program from scientists. We are not in a climate crisis. CO2 is not causing any such thing. All right, moving on. But the, So the reactor, of course, is supposed to be much better than a coal-fired reactor, right? Yeah, well, but what about everything else? Nuclear waste and safety and stuff like that. Therefore, it gets a low ESG, uh, ESG score. No, well, hold on a second now. Um, let's take a look at what, what exactly are we supposed to do here then? Well, we can't go for coal, natural gas, or oil. They don't like it when we build dams because, you know, there's rivers that are free-flowing and they have fish in them and so on. And we go ahead and dam something up. Well, we're disrupting that, so we can't do that. They don't want nuclear power plants because they have concerns about nuclear. And when you take a look at wind and solar, there's finally some very little, but there's a little opposition bubbling up with wind and solar because they're finding out how destructive, destructive in many ways it is, not just to birds and migration and bats, but also just to create wind and solar is highly toxic to create and to dispose of. What exactly are we supposed to do for energy here? How exactly... Are we supposed to power our homes at this point? 
Now, if you want to go back to the days before we had electricity, now you're talking a time of serious pollution. It was actually electricity that allowed a lot of our forests to grow back because we weren't cutting down wood for every, every time it got cold, for example, or every time we wanted to cook something. If anything, creating electricity did a lot to help save our environment. And putting more CO2 into the air is a good thing for the environment because it greens the planet. So these so-called environmentalists who are objecting to everything and are having an effect on the world marketplace, even our own marketplace here in the state of Wyoming, what exactly do they expect us to do? Oh, that's right. These people want a much smaller population. Well, they're certainly going to get it if they succeed. 742, wake up my own. Hey, you're getting ready. Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Got something to say? Chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app or call 888-97-WOODS. is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Off we go to talk to Don Day, Dayweather. So, Don, it's really not bad yet, but I'm noticing it's slowly starting to get breezy out there. Yeah, we're going to have some wind. I call it pesky kind of nuisance wind. Okay. Won't be as strong as yesterday, but it's going to be around, and it'll be around for the next several days. Okay. Uh, So, is it going to be, I think you mentioned the other day that in those certain usual suspect areas, there might be a high wind warning or two on the highways. Well, yeah, there was yesterday. Now, okay. now we don't see the gradient that will cause those really strong winds, 50 plus uh, over the next two or three days. But gusting in that 30 to 40 mile per hour range in those wind prone areas is certainly possible. All right. So now temperature wise, so slight decrease. Yeah, not much. Okay. I mean, we, we're average highs this time of year should be, if you look at the 30-year average, is right around the upper 50s and lower 60s. That's right where we're going to be. We're going to okay. be right in that range right on through the weekend. The warmest day is going to be Friday. Mm. Friday, we could see some upper 60s near 70 degrees. Then we have this backdoor cold front Saturday that's going to bring a few showers. Like Saturday and Sunday, cooling into the 50s, and we're right back in the 50s and 60s for Probably all of next week. Uh, okay. So there really is not much going on. Not really. No, I'm sorry about that, Don. I, yeah, you, in my business, yeah. uh, bad it's weather's bad. good yeah, for business. That's right, yeah. So having said that, though, I'm still watching. Now, I think this is the perfect way to put it. As you do your daily podcast on YouTube, uh, you show a lot of different pictures of what's going on up in the Arctic. And it looks to me, like since we're getting close to Halloween, the witches are starting to stir the cauldron. Yes, the witches are stirring. They're they're coming up with a weather brew, okay. a weather a weather brew for the end of this month because that's when the weather gets a little more scary around here. Yeah. It's going to be the last seven to eight days of the month. It certainly looks colder. Okay, all right. So, you, but you see that by those. I think a lot of them just low pressure systems going round and round and starting to break off. It looks like. Yeah, you start seeing some clues, and and the the tilting of the Earth back, sure. and the longer nights and the shorter days all begins to add up. Right. As well as the fact that those higher latitudes, north of sixty degrees north, they're accumulating snow now, and then the air okay. above that snow cover starts to get colder. All right, thank you, Don. Don Day with Day Weather. See, you can just tell by the tone of voice when the weather's not changing for a while, he starts to get bored. Let's head over to the ice box, Frank Gambino is waiting by you know what yeah. i don't care if he's bored because i think it's wonderful oh yeah no i, I love this don, i say don it's all good it's it's fine you know yeah. it, when you're cold 
Yes. I love this time of year. This is my favorite season. It honestly is. I love the temperature. I love the smell in the air. I mean, everything about the season is one of my favorite all year round. I miss business. You can burn leaves outside. Someplace you hear you can't. Yeah. You know, but that... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a great smell. And in fact, there is, as the fall... Well, the wind starts to come down from Canada. There's a change to the scent in the air in general. I think there is, yes. And I like that. Paul in Laramie says, hey, Glenn, Frank forgot to mention NHL season started with the New York Rangers playing Tampa Bay Lightning. Ooh. I'm going to wait for the avalanche to start. Yeah? I think that's in 13 hours, 12 hours. Okay. Maybe it's, you know. So, you you know what? And I I knew that. I was watching baseball. Okay. Yeah. See, now there's the problem. Baseball hasn't ended yet, and they're already starting hockey. Right. Can we end one before we begin the next? Oh, there's no, too there's, much a, there, going there, on. there's overlap. And, and with hockey, that's fine. You okay. know, I'm a big hockey fan, but you know what? There, there is a sequential deal to this here. Right. You know, let's get baseball. Okay. get done with football. And we will join the hockey season. Okay. Then we'll know who's a contender and who's a pretender. Now, having lived where I lived when I was in the Tampa Bay area, I could have just walked a couple of miles, and there is the ice arena. Or I could have gone a couple of miles the other way, and there's Raymond James Stadium for the Buccaneers. So I was sort of sandwiched in between. So that's the only reason I have to ask. So what do you think the Lightning's doing this the, year? The Lightning has been, they've been good for a while. Okay. Can they beat the Avalanche? Can anybody beat the Avalanche? Oh, ah, that's good, huh? That's how good they, they were last year. And everything is relative to injuries and, okay. you know, and, every, and everyone and making more money. And My next question, number of teeth lost during the course of the season? Any estimates? Well, probably per player. Per player, yeah. Are we Three, doing? four, maybe? Three, four per player? Okay. Easily. Well, okay. Well, we'll go ahead and keep a score on that because these are the kinds of things that Vegas will bet on, oh, and sure. I'm not kidding. <laughs> number of teeth lost during the hockey season per player average is probably a bet somebody's going to lay out. And we'll win. Major League Baseball, the divisional round best of five series began yesterday in the American League. Houston got a, got a three-run walk-off home run from Jordan Alvarez to stun Seattle 8-7 to lead that series one game to none. Also in the AL, the New York Yankees beat Cleveland in game 1-4-1 to as Anthony Rizzo homered and drove in two for the Yankees. In the National Hockey League, in the National League, Philadelphia surprised Atlanta in game 1-8-7. to The Braves rally in the bottom of the ninth fell short after they scored three runs. The LA Dodgers beat San Diego 5-3. to The Dodgers scored the first five runs of the game. This afternoon, uh, Atlanta and Philadelphia in Game 2. Tonight, uh, Game 2 between the Dodgers and the Padres. In the NFL this week, former Wyoming Cowboy quarterback Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills have a huge game. They're going to take on Kansas City in a rematch of their classic playoff game last season, which the Chiefs won in overtime. Allen had a field day on Sunday as the Bills ran over the Pittsburgh Steelers 38-3. He threw for 348 yards in the first half and 424 for the game. Allen threw a 98-yard TD pass on third down and 10 to Gabe Harris. Harris found their first possession for a touchdown. Harris caught three balls for 171 yards and two touchdowns. Allen was almost surprised how quickly and how often and how how quickly and how often they were scoring. Pretty crazy. It's uh, not too not too often like you have those type of drives. I, I mean, we had a I think we had a one play drive, two two play drives, and a three play drive, which ended in touchdowns. And that's that's crazy. 
It is crazy. The Bills are four and one. Kansas City is four and one after a win over Las Vegas, thirty to twenty nine. High school football. Our latest Wild Preps poll is out, and four A Sheridan remains number one. Cheyenne East two. Natrona remains number three. Central remains number four, and Thunder Basin remains number five. In Cody's uh, in three A, Cody still number one. Star Valley two. Douglas three. Followed by Buffalo and Powell. Lovell remains number one in two A. Tongue River still number two. Followed by Lyman, Bighorn, and Cokeville. And one A nine man Pine Bluff still number one. Wind River two and Shoshone three. Those two teams will play each other on Thursday in Pavilion. Big Piney, four and Southeast, five. And in 1A, six, man. Little Snake River, number one. Dubois, two. Burlington, three. Encampment, four. And KC, five. Former Wyoming Cowboy basketball player Drake Jeffries has signed a free agent deal with the NBA's Orlando Magic. Now all he has to do is make the team. He did not play in Orlando's preseason game last night, but in the senior year at UW, Jeffries was excellent from the perimeter. He made 94 threes, shooting 41% from the arc. Jeffries did play with the Denver Nuggets Summer League team back in July. That's it in sports. So when it comes to baseball time, are you glued to the television? I, I, you know, I, I'm not glued, but I but I will watch, you know, a few innings of each game when I get a chance. I happen to be watching when Houston won that game last night. I, I couldn't... The guy, This Alvarez guy is a giant. And, they, and the Seattle pitcher threw one right down the middle of the plate in the bottom of the ninth and he hit the ball in orbit. Okay. So, in other words, uh, right now, there's someone up there on the International Space Station uh, with a glove, and he's yeah. put on his spacesuit. He's out there waiting for that ball to achieve a higher orbit yeah, so yeah. he can just catch it. And and if he can get that signed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Just throw the ball back with, within... within. No, no, no it's, don't it's, throw it's, it's, it back. That, that'll come down as a meteor, Frank. That's oh, okay. Nature. I just yeah, want to okay. make sure you get to get through the gravity yeah, you know, right. change there. You know. Coming back on some uh, local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Happy birthday. It is a Wednesday. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right, open phones from here on out. I'm going to be doing a lot of topic hopping, mainly because, well, I'll tell you why. Right after the trigger warning. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, Torons, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. Okay, see, here's the deal. When I do a program like this, I like to make sure that I have enough topics to make it interesting because I never did personally enjoy tuning into a talk show where the host picks up one topic and rants about it, not just all day for his entire program, but, I mean, on and on for days, if not months. Sometimes every there's certain hosts, I won't name them, that every time I turn in, tune into them, they're pretty much just talking about the same thing. Now, that is really boring and annoying to me 
to listen to. And even to do that, I would get really bored on the air, which is one of the reasons I do a whole lot of topic hopping on this program here. Also because there's a lot to talk about than just one issue. Now, I started this morning's program. I want to play it for those people who are joining me later on. Sometimes somebody will try to reassure you, and as they try to reassure you, they're just making it worse. The President of the United States was asked about the possibility of a recession. Now, it's not just his answer as to just a teeny-weeny recession, maybe. But when he explains, I'm going to let the whole thing play. When he explains, well, here's what we're doing to avoid a recession, you find out that everything that they're doing is exactly what causes recession, not avoids it. So here's the president. Should the American people prepare for a recession? No. Look, they've been saying this now How every, every six months they say this. Every six months they look down the next six months and see what's going to happen. It hadn't happened yet. It hadn't. There, there has. There is no. There's no guarantee that they're going to be. I don't think there will be a recession. If it is, it'll be a very slight recession. That is, we'll move down slightly. Well, look. Think about what's happened. We have done more. We're in a better position than any other major country in the world, economically and politically. We are. We still have real problems. But we look. Look, look what we look what we got done. We, we, we passed so much legislation that significantly makes a, makes a point about, you know, for example, the American Rescue Plan, the, the legislation to deal with inflation, um, the, the Inflation Act. We moved along. I mean, there's so much that's been accomplished that the idea that there's uh, something, there's an automaticity to recession is just not, is just not there. They keep, they've Can been predicting this off and on for the last... tough time keeping the thought here. He's sort of all over the place, but all right. That, to me, is not reassuring at all. And how many times has the president predicted something and it turned out to be either a lie or he was just so far off because he has no idea what he's talking about? And in this case, many of the things that he just mentioned, well, we're doing the following to make sure there isn't a recession, is exactly what you do to make sure that there is one. All right, so I am not reassured by what the president just said. Now... Some other stories, I'm going to hop around a little bit to some different topics, but I think I see a common thread in these next three topics, or three stories, I should say, there in front of me. First off, from the United Nations, is Vladimir Putin a hero? From the UN weather chief, quote, from climate, a climate perspective, the war in Ukraine may be seen as a blessing. Really? From AP News, the head of the UN Weather Agency says the war in Ukraine may be seen as a blessing from a climate perspective because it's accelerating the development of an investment in green energies over the long term. Even though fossil fuels are, there's no such thing as a fossil fuel, by the way, but let's move on, are being used at the time of high demand. Now, the secretary and meteorologist says, from the five to ten year time scale, it's clear that the war will speed up our consumption of what he calls fossil fuel energies. And it's speeding up a green transition, too. We're going to invest much more energy in renewable energies like wind and solar and so on. Actually, I see the opposite of that happening. Because as Europe 
And Europe was trying to go all wind and solar. It didn't work out. So they started going more natural gas and turning on their nuclear plants. Now they're actually starting, and I've told you about this in the past few months, they're even doing things like turning on their coal fire power plants because they're not getting energy from Russia. This guy's convinced, oh, is this going to make us put up more wind turbines? No, that's actually not what's happening. So I don't know where he's getting his information from. Now, on that note, from Climate Depot, Mark Moran is the head of Climate Depot. You'll hear him in just a moment. But first, since I'm pointing out the UN, here's this lady who is a spokesperson for the United Nations UNIPCC, which is supposed to be battling climate change. Her first, then the gentleman who heads up Climate Depot. Well, if you Google climate change, you will, at the top of your search, you will get all kinds of UN resources. We started this partnership when we were shocked to see that when we Googled climate change, we were getting incredibly distorted uh, information right at the top. We own the science. I mean, this is, they believe it's their intellectual property rights. So if you say anything about it, you, you're not allowed. They have a monopoly on truth. This is actually their mindset. Now keep in mind, what is the United Nations Climate Panel? It's a self-serving lobbying organization started in 1988 that's looking at whether CO2 causes a climate catastrophe. If they fail to find that it does, they have no reason to exist. As a bonus, if they say that, say that CO2 is causing a catastrophe, the UN is also in charge of coming up with the solution through Paris climate accords, etc. So they have every reason to claim ownership of the science. However, what's shocking about that, Google and the United Nations in a form of collusion get together and they dis suppress dissent and literally silence anyone who would dare challenge the self-serving lobbying organization like the United Nations Climate Panel. Now, on that note, let's pick up on a couple of other things that have been tried or they're trying to do to save the planet. I don't mind. Look, I am for clean air, clean water. I want these things just like the rest of you do. But I know CO2 is not a pollutant. And a lot of times what are offered up as solutions tend to be worse, not better. If you really want to drive something, for example, that's better for the environment, if you're able to, it depends on what you do for a living, you might want to get a smaller vehicle, a used one, and drive it to the wheels fall off. You're actually doing better for the environment then than if you buy one of these new hybrid or electric vehicles, which are tend to be far worse for the environment. And then there's this headline, electric vehicle company recalls nearly all of its cars. Riven, is that how they pronounce that? Riven? Okay. Uh, they announced call on, I did see one of their pickup trucks around town where I'm at. Announced a recall on Friday impacting nearly every vehicle and electric car company that they've delivered to customers. The venture, which partially owned by Amazon and Ford, received several reports of potentially related to a loose fastener connecting the vehicles uh, from the upper control arm steering knuckle, which could be affected the driver's ability to steer. Okay, now, this is a problem which can happen to any vehicle out there, not necessarily a electric vehicle. But over the past six months, the world has dramatically changed with the inflation reaching record highs, the story says, and a lot of these vehicles are just priced out of the market area because even with all of the subsidies and tax breaks, they're having problems selling electric vehicles. And then some people are beginning to realize the problem with disposing 
of those batteries, which the current way that batteries are being made, again, toxic to create, toxic to dispose of. And fires, yes. The problem in Florida after the hurricane was not the lack of electricity, because you can have a a lack of gasoline and diesel fuel, too. It was a lot of these electric vehicles got wet and caught on fire. And those fires are tough to point uh, to put out. So there's a lot of problems with electric vehicles. Some will be solved, making it a better vehicle. Some of them, however, it's sh- being shown that if you want a, a vehicle that's good for the environment, you're not going to find it. No vehicle really is. But if you want to do the best you can to make sure that the vehicle is the best it can be for the environment, but still allows you to get around, currently that's not the electric vehicle. Maybe they'll change it at some point, but right now, no. New York Times, how California... This is New York picking on California. New York Times, how California's high-speed rail project became a loser. That's another project that was supposed to save the planet, right? They still haven't finished this thing. They should have been finished a long time ago. Of course, the high-speed rail project in California, way over budget, way behind schedule. But it's a government program, so what would you expect? The story says the design for the nation's most ambitious infrastructure project was never based on the easiest or most direct route. Instead, the train's path out of Los Angeles was diverted across a second mountain range to the rapidly growing suburbs of the Mojave Desert, which I like to say Mojave. If you're going to spell Mojave in the English language, you don't spell it with a J. That's not the English language, but okay. The route whose most salient advantage appeared to be that it ran through the district of a powerful Los Angeles County supervisor. The costs have increased to a point that, well, it's been more than a decade. They should have had this gone a long time ago. It was supposed to be a $33 billion project. Uh, Now it's a $113 billion project. The rail authority said it has accelerated the pace of construction on the starter system, But they're spending at a rate of $1.8 million a day, so they're still going to be, well, they're going to need more money. Dan Richard, the longest-serving rail chairman, started with the project as an early goal by linking Los Angeles and San Francisco. As he said, it was a strategic mistake. The initial line between the two, well, maybe Los Angeles and San Diego would have made more sense. Former chairman who earlier served as the Senate uh, state senator and Supreme Court judge in the area, said the system would be running today, but for the many bad political decisions made across the way, as I said, because it's a government program. The state warned repeatedly that plans were too complex. Well, of course. And the company's recommendations for a direct route out of Los Angeles and a focus on moving people between there and San Francisco, well, again, this doomed the project. Now you're getting unions involved. For decades, the story said, the liberal media has attacked conservatives and provided cover for Democrats on this project. But how even, I wonder, do you think, I'm just tossing this out there, I'm just wondering. Do you think they will ever finish this project? And if they do, will it ever reach high-speed rail? Or is it just going to be another train? 819, Wake Up Wyoming.
Never boring. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the show at 888-97-WOODS. Eight twenty four is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Triple eight ninety seven Woods the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. If you want to get in conversation with me, I'll clear something real quick here. So I'm having some fun. Uh, Grandpa Ridge, he's out there in Thermopolis, and I had said I was reading something that involved the Mojave Desert, and I said Mojab, which I say out of protest, and he sends me a note saying, "Yeah, but that's a Spanish word." No, I know it's Spanish, but that's my protest. And he said, Glenn, most of the names in the West are Native American, Indian, or Spanish, especially in California. No, I know that. I, yeah, Grandpa Rich, I, I absolutely know that. My problem is this. So here I am, let's say, reading a map. And the map is uh, English, right? They told me this is an English-speaking map or written in the English language. So then I come across the name of a desert. And the desert, if I said it phonetically in English, it would be pronounced Mojab. If I were to say that, people would laugh at me and call me a fool. Don't you know that that's a Spanish word? But it's an English map. So let's do this phonetically. Mo, M-O, Hobby, H-O-B-Y. There, spell it that way. That would be in English. So if you have an American Indian name, which as you're saying, Grandpa, that's true. There's so many names across America that are actually Indian names. So spell it in – if you're going to have it written in a book or in a news article or on a map, spell it in English phonetically so people know how to pronounce it. Because at times I come across a word – we all have done this. We come across a word we haven't seen before, either the name of a place or something like that. And we look at that word, how do you pronounce that? And we try to say it, and of course, phonetically, and we get it wrong, and then people laugh at us like we're the dumb ones. No, no. We're trying to read something that we're told is English, but it's not. It's a foreign language. So when I look at a map and it says Mojab Desert, I say it that way. And when people look at me, it's Mojave. Well, then spell it that way. So people know how to pronounce it. Don't throw us a curveball here, okay? That's why I do that, Grandpa Rich, intentionally. Eh, let's see. Um, oh, I wanted to – I got some I'll, – I'll take these other stories and put them aside for the next segment of the program. But, okay, with everything that I was talking about when it came to uh, ways to save the planet – here again, someone from the U.N. You know, the Ukrainian war might just save the planet because it's going to make people go to green energy. I got news for you. Not only is that not happening, but the way you, the, the engines that you want, whether we're creating electricity or driving these new devices that are being created to save the planet, turns out to be they're no better. In fact, sometimes they're worse for the planet than what we were doing before. And the discussion I would like to have with people is not only is CO2 not a pollutant and we're not in a climate crisis, so we don't need to save the planet. But if you want to be good stewards of the planet and you want to drive something or power your home in some way that's actually good for the planet, I'm with you. Because I want clean air, I want clean water, just like everybody else. 
No, we cannot control the weather. I'm sorry. Dialing back the CO2 is not going to stabilize the weather. That's not science. It doesn't work that way. Okay? The science and the scientists don't say that. But if you want to make sure that we're good stewards of the planet, I'm all with you on it. Absolutely. But again, a lot of the devices, whether it's a vehicle or a way of powering your home or your laptop or your cell phone, whatever devices you're using, a lot of these devices are not actually helping the planet at all, but are actually worse from the planet than what we were doing before. What we were doing before was not necessarily good, but this is worse. And if you really want to be, forget virtue signaling. If you really wanted to do the right thing, you would take a good hard look at things that you might enjoy and love and held great promise for and finally admit to yourself that you're doing more harm than good. Coming up on 8.30, local news weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. is AM 1030, K2 Radio. 836 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right, phone number to get involved. 888-97-WOODS, 888-97-WOODS. People are starting to respond to things I've been talking about all morning long. So Riley is over in Glenrod. Okay, Riley, I think you have a good point here. The radioactive fallout from the Ukraine-Russian war, that's assuming it goes nuclear, right, will gather the excess CO2 from the atmosphere and bring it back down to Earth where it belongs. Also, Mojab should have a long A sound. Mojab. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Here Now, here's what I was saying about, because more and more people... Well, I'm going to answer two of the things that he said there. All right. So... <clears throat> When it comes to the, what he was talking about with CO2 and the war in Ukraine, there's a guy from the U.N. Well, the war in Ukraine is going to actually save the planet because since Russia has cut off energy to European countries, well, that means they're going to put up more wind and solar. No, they're not. They're turning on their natural gas plants and their coal plants and their nuclear plants. He's got it completely wrong. So... Once again, here's some kind of a U.N. expert who has no idea what he's talking about. But also, putting up wind and solar is bad for the planet, too. It's not good. Now, as far as how to spell, this is where I do this as a protest. I'll, I'll explain it again real quick for those who just joined us. Let's say I opened up a map. And as I'm looking at the map, I see that there's a desert and the name of the desert is the Mojab Desert. And people have literally laughed in my face. It's Mojave. It's a Spanish word. Yeah, I know that. But this is an English map, and you're spelling it in Spanish. Spell it in English. Don't put a Spanish word in there, right? Spell it phonetically in English. So I think Ray O'Reilly, pardon me, Glenn Rock has it right. So phonetically, M O E. J-A-Y-V. But we're, it's supposed to be Mojave, Riley. 
So that's why I was saying I, I agree with your E there, M-O-E for mo, and then H-O-B-Y, hobby. If it's, if it's pronounced Mojave and you're writing it in English, then there's no J involved in there, right? So that's how I would do it. So, oh, here's Papa Whiskey and Casper. New Zealand is going to tax farmers for their cow burps. Yeah. No, they really are. I'm not kidding. This is under the auspice that the farmers get to be the first world to reduce agricultural emissions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're far. Well, and you got to think about belching from both ends of the cow. You know, because that's a competitive advantage or something like that. Yeah. They're trying to do anything they can because they, they have this belief that CO2 is and, and even methane is causing a climate crisis, a catastrophe, which we have just a few years to settle or we're all done. They're, they're firmly convinced of this. Uh, Grandpa Rich in Thermopolis. I forget that you and Rush Limbaugh like to make fun of certain words, like the Spanish name for Navajo. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Call them selves Dina. Yeah. And Navajo, by the way, that's once again... Navajo, if I were to pronounce that, it would be Navajo. Yeah, that, that's another one I do make fun of, Navajo. Well, if you want to tell me, I know that's written in Spanish, but if you're writing it in English, if I'm reading a book, and the book is talking about the Navajo Indians, and it's an English book, the English language, then don't spell it Spanish. Because it's going to make me want to say Navajo. And then people laugh at me. It's Navajo, you idiot. No, no, I'm not an idiot. The idiot's the person that spelled it in Spanish in an English book and expected me to get it right. Dan and Cheyenne. Another one that gets me. Let's see. Sawachi? Am I doing that right? Which is also spelled Sawachi in some cases. Okay. I, I can't even pronounce that. I am a little dyslexic, so sometimes I try to get those right, and it just gets all jumbled up in my head there, but uh, okay. So that's been – I know it's a useless protest. I get it. I understand my protest is in vain, and nobody's ever going to change the way they do this. But I still hold to my own personal protest, right? and I'm going to stick with it, that if I'm reading something and you put in there – a word written in a foreign language, and I'm supposed to be reading it in English, then I'm going to pronounce it phonetically. And don't you laugh at me when I did that. You're the one who wrote it in a foreign language when it's supposed to be an English-speaking book. And if, well, there is no English spelling for it, then invent it. Make it phonetic so anybody can come along and read it and understand what you're trying to say. All right. Now, back to what I was saying earlier, and this goes to with what Papa Whiskey and some other people are saying. Uh, when it comes to – I know we're jumping around a lot of topics here, but I'm, I'm responding to what people are saying to me off the app, which, by the way, wake up Wyoming app, free to download, hit chat, send me a text message. All right. So when it comes to what certain people who want to save the planet, as they say, want to do, I will not ever fault anybody – for wanting to take care of the planet. 
because I want to as well. And if they disagree with me, because the science shows me that CO2 and methane are not causing, we're not in some climate crisis, and it's not causing a climate crisis, okay? We don't need to capture it or sequester it or anything like that. But they, they disagree with me, and they believe differently, and they're welcome to do so. Here's what I don't want. First off, you're not going to force me to do anything. You want to convince me? Go ahead, but you're not going to force me. Next, please be aware that a lot of these solutions that you folks have for saving the planet, if you were to be really honest about it, are either no better or actually worse than what we were doing before. That's not to say that what we were doing before wasn't good. I mean, it it wasn't good. It really wasn't. But what you're offering, what your solutions are, sometimes are even more harmful than good. So if you really want to find a solution to what you see as a problem, I'm with you. You go right ahead and do that. Here's all I've ever asked of wind and solar and electric cars and all the other things they want us to do. First off, no subsidies. You do it on your own money. Get investors, no subsidies. All right, that's the first thing. Second, be honest about it. If what you're doing is not working out, say so and try something different. Finally, do not force anybody just because you think there's a problem doesn't mean you're right and doesn't mean other people agree with you. So do not force other people to do what you think that they should do. We live in a free country. We don't do things that way. Currently, right now, once again, just like with my language argument a moment ago, where I hold a my own personal protest, this is another one where there are some people who are just never going to listen to me on this one. They are anti-freedom and anti-capitalist. They believe in the cult of climate change, and they want to force everybody to do it their way or else. 845, wake up Wyoming. Hey, you're getting ready quicker than a soggy morning porch paper. You need Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Nine forty-eight. The time it's wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to the ice box. Frank Campino is waiting by. Okay, so Frank, you decided to go out for a nice game of golf, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. And then uh, here are all the animals out there oh, who yeah, decide that uh, we were here first. Yeah, so we have to share. Yeah, okay. So now you've got a problem. Now it's not just deer; it's mule deer and pronghorn and geese. Yes. Okay. And compared by comparison, there's more of those out there by far than human beings. Right, and they, and they will. Um you know, I was just the other day. Mm-hmm. I was on the tee box. Yeah, there's probably fifteen, twenty geese out there. Okay, they didn't move yeah. an inch. No, they until don't care. So I actually no. walked in between the two markers yeah. where you're supposed to tee off, and some of them didn't even still move at all. And now, there's a friend of mine who goes out there and tries to take pictures. As soon as he shows up with a camera, they all scatter. Oh, of course, yeah. So, okay, but a golf club, they're fine with that. Have you ever had a bird try to steal your golf ball? I've had. Yeah, I've had birds investigate yeah. okay. my golf ball. No, I've seen in Florida, I've seen the crows especially. Hey, that's my egg. You know, oh, yeah, they take yeah. off with it, yeah. Uh, then there's this. 
A pair of deer decide to join a Colorado homecoming football game. Okay. So here they are, you know, down, set, and a couple of deer just <laughs> meander out onto the field there. And once again, they don't care. Yeah. No. They were there before the humans, and they're just going to hang out there. Chewing this. Look at this nice grass out here. Which is actually artificial, so they're yeah. going to be here for yeah, a big surprise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're going to be really surprised. This, this tastes funny. This just, you know. <laughs> and it took a while for them to convince the deer just to scoot. Now, I'm sure up there in the stands, there were plenty of hunters just salivating. Yeah, they say, ooh, that one's mine. Yeah, right wishing right, on, the, they could right go, on the 40-yard line right oh, there. Oh, sure. Wishing they could go back to the truck. What's, I think an advantage for the hunter is, so let's say the deer is on the 40-yard line. That means that the hunter knows how far away the deer is so he can adjust his shot. Right, yeah. Yeah, he's standing right and there. And then he yeah. starts moving. The 40, the 30, yes. the 20, the 10. Penalty flags don't deer. care, you know. And I wonder, while the deer are out there trying to eat grass that just isn't grass, so they're confused by that, they're looking at the human activity and probably thinking, the hell you people doing anyway? Yeah. So I'm, I'm assuming that the, the game stopped. Until the, yeah. these animals were on the field until yeah. they well, ran at away. First, the the game was moving away from the deer, oh, and so, so they, nobody yeah. paid attention to it. <laughs> but at some point, you know, plus they're going to leave little droppings all over the place. So yeah, that that wouldn't be too cool. In high school football, our latest WyoPreps.com poll is out, and 4A Sheridan remains number one, Cheyenne East remains number two, Natrona remains number three, Cheyenne Central remains number four, and Thunder Basin remains number five. In 3A, Cody still number one after beating Star Valley last week, and Star Valley is still second. Douglas still three, followed by Buffalo and Powell. Lovell remains number one in 2A. Tongue River is still two, followed by Lyman, Bighorn, and Cokeville. And 1A, Nyman, Pine Bluff still number one, Wind River two, and Shoshone three. Those two teams will play each other coming up on Thursday night in Pavilion. Big Piney is rated fourth in Southeast with that win over Lingle is now rated fifth. And in 1A6, man, Little Snake River is still number one, Dubois two, Burlington three, and Catman four, and KC five. In the NFL, former Wyoming Cowboy quarterback Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills have a huge game this Sunday, taking on Kansas City in a rematch of their classic playoff game last season in which the Chiefs won at overtime. Allen had a field day on Sunday as the Bills ran over the Pittsburgh Steelers 38-3. Allen threw for 348 yards in the first half and four 424 for the game. He threw a 98-yard TD pass on third down and 10 to Gabe Harris on the Bills' first possession. Harris caught three balls for 171 yards in the game. And Allen says, you know what? We get contributions from everybody, and you know what? We just take it as it goes. Backed up to to take a shot like that. It's not too often that you get a chance to do that um, early on in the game. And um, backed up, obviously, the, the kick return, you know, put us at the two-yard line, put us down the eight ball a little bit there. Um, but guys were resilient. Um, we didn't blink. You know, just trusted our guys, and they made some plays. Both teams, are, both the Bills and the Chiefs, come into Sunday's game with a record of 4-1. Kansas City beat the Las Vegas Raiders 30-29 to their last time out. In the Major League Baseball playoffs, the divisional round best of five series began yesterday in the American League. Houston got a three-run walk-off home run from Jordan Alvarez to stun Seattle 8-7, so the Astros lead that series one game to none. Also in the AL, the New York Yankees beat Cleveland in game 1-4-1. Anthony Rizzo with a homer and drove in two for the Yankees. In the National League, Philadelphia surprised Atlanta in game one, eight to seven. The Braves rallying, uh, rally in the ninth inning fell short after they scored three times. And the LA Dodgers beat San Diego five to three. The Dodgers scored the first five runs of the game. This afternoon, uh, Atlanta and Philadelphia in game two. And then tonight, the LA Dodgers in San Diego in game two. Former Wyoming Cowboy basketball player Drake Jeffrey signed a free agent deal with the NBA's Orlando Magic. Now he has to make the team. He did not play in Orlando's preseason game last night versus Memphis. But in his senior year at UW, Jeffries was a 
an excellent perimeter shooter, making 94 threes, shooting 41% from the arc. Uh, Jeffries did play with the Denver Nuggets in the summer league back in July. Did anyone think to offer the deer a ball? I mean, maybe they wanted to play. You know, well, then then if it's maybe, no. Okay. Did I, anybody throw a ball at the no, deer? No, none whatsoever, yeah. What often happens? Have you ever accidentally hit an animal with a golf ball? Yes. What do they do? One, kind of, it was an antelope and just kind of moved away. Okay. The other one, I don't even want to talk about. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's bad. I just can't imagine, though, getting hit by the ball and it just kind of looks at you like, you know, screw you, pal. You know, I kind of, yeah. Hit me with the ball. All right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business, we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National local update on weather forecast. Speaking of shooting, was anybody speaking of shooting? Yeah. Wyoming high schools and guns for competition. Next hour, Wake Up Wyoming. Do you ever feel like... Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right, open phones, 888-97-WOODS. That's 888-97-WOODS. I do know, in fact, oh, there's where I saw the story from. Let me see. Going to a Cheyenne, Wyoming news source. Here we go. The headline, uh, Laramie County residents gathered to speak out against annexation in South Cheyenne. And it's a very basic story. The... Chambers were full from residents, both from the city and the county, who are against recent annexation and possible annexations in the future. During the city council meeting Monday, the council had public hearings for 1,280 acres of land to the south of the city. If the annexation were approved, then it would be used for a new shopping center, for example. When the floor was open to comment, residents from around the proposed area came forward to speak about annexation. So, what Micah from Cheyenne, she sent me a note. Which, by the way, Micah, Miss Mary and I are just about floored. I mean, we were just absolutely floored. Micah sent me a text off the app. <gasps> she never does that. So, um... You wake up Wyoming app is free to download at the App Store. Then you just hit chat. There you go. And you can send me texts and pictures and links and stuff like that. So Micah from Cheyenne wants me to ask for anyone to call in with a follow-up on Monday night's meeting about city annexation. So for or against, whatever the case is. If you were there or have a thought on it, 888-97-WOODS, that's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. So, okay, let me see. Uh, did I do this yet this hour? No, and I should, because of the next topic, I should get it out of the way. Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, Toron's traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. Triple Eight Ninety Seven Woods, the phone number once again, ladies and gentlemen, your favorite song. Well, I like guns. I like the way they look. I like the shiny steel and the polished wood. I don't care if they're 
big or small They're for sale, hell I want them all I like guns, I like guns so I came across this story, another Cowboy State one. They were on a roll today. Guns ain't going anywhere, headline reads. Trap and skeet shooting, the fastest growing Wyoming school sport. There are schools in America just south of the border from here in Wyoming, in Colorado. Kids have been sent to the principal's office for drawing something in the shape of a gun. One kid in Colorado pointed at another kid, you know, with the pointy finger out and the thumb in the air that makes it look like the gun thing, you know. And you can't do that. That's a gun symbol. Kid gets in trouble for that. So there's some people that even the mere suggestion of around school, oh, my Lord. Here in the state of Wyoming, though, where we we take a much different approach, and it works. Kids are taught respect for each other, for their elders, for guns, at a very early age. Story says Wyoming folks of a certain age may recall when school-related shootings, uh, sport, shooting sports were common, but in recent decades, schools and firearms have been increasingly regarded as toxic. Some Wyoming volunteers, trap and skeet shoot uh, coaches are trying to change that. Quote, to see a kid who goes from hitting only four or five targets out of uh, a round of 25 to hitting 20 out of 25, that's rewarding, he says. Now, there's more to it than that, teaching someone about guns and how to use guns and the responsibility of a gun helps them bring them to the next level of being a a mature, responsible adult because we're handing over great responsibility to them, and they get that. Here's a quote. It's good for me. Uh, I'm a graduate of East High. I graduated in 1999. I wanted to return and give something back. Being part of a sport like trap and skeet shooting teaches positive lessons and responsibilities. He's a coach. Uh, this is um, is he Lou Vasquez, coach at the Wright High School clay shooting team. It's a neat opportunity for kids. He said it's definitely something I would have liked to have had the opportunity back in my school days. He also coached track and field and basketball and stuff like that. So now I've added trap shooting to that. Do you remember some of them? Some of you might remember this story. There was a school. It was in New Jersey, and the school wanted to get rid of any sport involving a ball. And they named all sorts of reasons that competition is bad and balls lead to violence. Even schools, remember dodgeball? Those of you who ever played dodgeball, you know the sound of a dodgeball when it hits your head. That sound never goes away. And the smell of the dodgeball, too. That never goes away. Dodgeball was a fun sport to play in school. You got to pick up a ball and haul it at someone as hard as you could, but it wasn't going to hurt them when they hit. We had so much fun playing dodgeball, but there are schools that want to ban that too. Now you want to bring guns in. You remember there was a school in Thermopolis, and this was a controversy, was it a year or two ago? I forget how long ago, where they had in the gym set up a shooting range, which they do all every year. Every year they do this. And they teach kids of middle school age how to shoot. Now, they're shooting air rifles, 
Still, though, the air rifle is pretty powerful. Okay. It's not like some little BB gun, right? And the kids are taught the responsibility of shooting. Not just how to be a good, accurate shooter, but the responsibility of shooting. How to do it safely. The principal had posted some pictures of the kids on the school's Facebook page and congratulated them for all grad. They all graduated the class and did very well. And he was so proud of them. But somebody has to complain. And the picture's taken down by the principal. He doesn't want controversy. The number of people who reposted those pictures, however, and said, put it back. I was one of them on the air here saying, put it back. Don't you dare cave in because someone said, we keep guns in school and all that kind of stuff. No. We teach responsibility and respect. And these kids learn to become adults and mature and responsible because they're handed immense responsibility at an early age with trust. And they're taught how to be respectful of the firearm and the people around them. So it's an important lesson. So the fact that this rapidly growing sport, it's coming back, there's a resurgence of skeet shooting. And in schools, that will freak some people out. More states need to do this, though. Quote, we're the fastest growing high school sport in the country, said Joe Corrales, who lives near Minneapolis, and he told that to Cowboys State Daily on Tuesday. Operation manager of USA Clay Target League and also state coordinator for the Wyoming State High School Clay Target League. They are a high school clay target shooting team at 34 states so far, involving about 34,000 students. Why, it sounds like he's raising an army. <gasps> Younger students can also participate as the sport is open to students grades 6 through 12. Oh, dear Lord, you're taking six years old and you're handing them a shotgun and telling them to shoot. <gasps> he's a marketing school clay target shooting in numerous other states as well, helping to launch Wyoming's program in 2019. It began with 40 students and spread along the teams. Now there's 214 Wyoming students on 13 teams across the state. We act, smell, and feel the school sport, he says. We're trying to figure out how to get recognized as a school athletic organization. I hope they do. It's also a club sport. There's state and national tournaments as well. So here, once again, is something that if you did this somewhere else, it would be considered shocking, but... My sister in Lake Wales, Florida. No shooting sports at school? Leah took a shooting in high school in 4-H. In fact, a lady sponsored her because she wanted more teen girls to participate. Yeah. Oh, Joe is in Cheyenne. Your comments about always remembering the sound of a dodgeball may have been one of your funniest comments. Thanks for that. Yeah, well... No, if you've been hit in the head by a dodgeball, you never forget that sound. If you see a picture of a dodgeball, you hear the sound, don't you? Hey, sister dear, I took shooting in school. Remember I went to, as you called it, Admiral Fairy Guts Academy. Remember that? Admiral Fairy Guts. It's a private school. And they gave us 22 rifles. And I think I was in sixth grade at the time, I think. And they took us to their own school shooting range. And taught us how to shoot there. It wasn't just about hitting the target and being accurate. We spent a lot of time learning that gun 
and learning how to be respectful of it and especially to be safe around others. So at a very young age, they were handing us immense responsibility, and that goes a long way. 917, Wake Up Wyoming. And to build the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app to hold them all. Free download from AM 1030 K2 Radio. Twenty-three is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Patiently waiting on the phone is Larry and Casper. Thanks for waiting, Larry. What you got for me? Yes, sir. You weren't even kidding about that dodgeball. Oh, no. You were not kidding because I, listen, when you get that dodgeball that hits near your nose when you yeah. smart your nose, uh-huh. it not only had the smell of strong rubber, yes. but also playground dust and everything that goes with that. Right. I first laughed out loud really hard, but then I had a real hard, I mean, <laughs> flashbacks. A little PTSD from that going on there, huh? Yeah. That's right, PTSD, I'm yes, telling so, you. So. I was I'm hit, telling and, you. and I remember this because I was in, like, second grade when this happened. We're playing dodgeball, and I got hit in the back of the head because I was trying to get away. Oh. And the sound of it hitting the back of my head, the feel of it, and the smell of it at the same time, to this day, is ingrained in my memory. I will never forget it. That's right. And you see stars. Yes. I think it's one of your most... Yeah, in fact, couldn't you say that's sort of a rite of passage for a young person in America? Absolutely. Everybody should go through dodgeball at least once in their lives so they can toughen up. Yes, yeah, there you go. No more snowflakes. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate you hanging through the break for that, too. I don't know if this is going to translate. Here's the sound. Did you get that? I'll do it again. Dodgeball is coming right for your head. It, But I tell you, though, it sounds different because <laughs> that almost sounds like a cartoon sound effect, like a, something hitting with an anvil. But when you actually get hit by it, you also hear the sound in your head. Yeah, it's, again, that doesn't really do it justice, but it is something that you never forget. There's also, oh, the satisfaction when you've taken for the first time a dodgeball and you throw it at somebody else, especially somebody you really wanted to nail. Like that bully that picked on you. Whatever the case is, somebody you really had it in for. And you threw the dodgeball at them and nailed them. Boom! And you heard that sound. And you knew they heard it, too, because you hit them with it. And they go off the course, oh, just so distraught because they're out now. And you did that. You had your moment of revenge. There was something about that. But, of course, there's also the downside is you ever get hit by the whole bunch at once? Yeah, that's also – that kind of sucks too. But, uh, no, there, there was something about that that was – it was gang warfare too. We would get out there. This, I, I know I was in second grade when we did this. And this was on Sanibel Island. Yes, the same one that was hit by that storm, Ian. And they had a tennis court. And so the tennis court, because the fences were really high around the tennis court, that means – we're, and there's basketball hoops on a tennis court, too. And that means the dodgeballs are not going to get away. So these evil teachers would split us into teams. Now, what are the teachers thinking at this point? Are they laying bets? Which team's going to win? Who's going to get knocked out first? 
Who's a better throw? Oh, I, I'm sure they're laying wagers on this. And I know they're leaning back against the fence and just laughing as they're told, everybody pick up your ball. And it is carnage after that. As the dodgeballs start to fly around and people start getting taken out. And the teachers are having such a good time watching this. And the kids who are at war, this the kind the way we would line up and start throwing dodgeballs would be a lot like watching the Civil War. Back when all the soldiers marched in lines and fired their their muskets at each other. You ever do this? You ever get behind other people so you won't get hit? But you can throw. So you're using other that's horrible. You're using other people as a wall. So you don't get hit, but you can target people across the other side. Yeah, that's when it gets brutal. And then then you begin to find out who your friends are. Oh, you thought you had a best friend. Yeah. But now your best friend is hiding behind you, hoping that you will take the hit for him. Oh, yeah, you find out who your friends are. As one of your best friends is on the other team, and you see him looking at you, and he's got that expression on his face. Oh, you know that expression. Because he, your best friend, who you thought had your back, is now targeting you. Oh, this guy you would have given up your lunch, your lunch money for. You would help defend him against a bully. But no, now he's got a dodgeball in his hand, maybe two. And he's staring at you. Yeah. And it, oh, here it comes. Oh, yeah, it's horrible. And yet it's so much fun at the same time because you know when round two gets started, you are going to go looking for your friend who just nailed you and right back at you, bucko. That was the fun of dodgeball. And it taught us so many lessons. And I think the most important lesson out of the whole thing, despite all of the carnage when it was all over, we all went away laughing and having a good time. In fact, even people you didn't necessarily get along with, you can't help but to laugh. Oh, I really nailed you on that one. Yeah, you did. Hey, did you see there? Like six people attacked Steve over there? Oh, it was so much fun. And one thing that the teachers did know, and I think we all realize as we got older, is despite the fact that it was this bloody carnage battle, that it did teach us about sportsmanship and fun. And we can get rough with each other without actually hurting each other. And that was part of the fun of it. So if anything, that New Jersey school shouldn't ban dodgeball. If they want to bring the kids together, play more of it. Local news, weather forecast, Wake Up Wyoming. segment here. I was wondering, what were teachers thinking during the dodgeball thing? Well, see, I have a confession now. Uh, Glenn, you're exactly right. I taught school for many years. I am now retired. I used to take my students to the gym to play dodgeball. There was some satisfaction for teachers as well as the students. The kids loved to hit their teacher. 
It made great conversation between the students and teachers, plus built relationships. Great topic. Okay. The whole topic got started because I just mentioned, uh, you know, shooting sports. And now some people freak out because you're allowing shooting sports in schools. Yes, it's a good thing. And there's some schools that want to ban any sport that has a ball, and especially dodgeball. Well, you're asking kids to do harm to each other. No. It's like people who don't want boys to wrestle. Boys wrestle and play rough. They do. You ever notice when dogs get together of any size or shape and they play, they wrestle. Yeah. It's an aggressive kind of wrestling play. That's what dogs love to do. That's how they play with each other. They wrestle. Human boys are the same way. When human boys get together, they love to get rough and wrestle. That's called being a boy. That's what they do. And the idea that we need to put a stop to that. No, you don't. You need to teach them how to do it in a way that's respectful and fun. Okay, No one's trying to hurt anybody else. The point is not to hurt anybody else, but still have a sport where somebody will dominate, somebody will lose, and that's okay. But some people who just want to stop that is that that's doing something that, that's harmful, but it's not at all. It's not harmful in any way. All right, I just was watching this on a ridiculously large television that's in the studio next to me. There's a rally going on right now in New York City. New York City is trying... Some people wanted to become the first city in the country to enact universal child care. Okay, so... And then it goes to the story about how expensive child care can be and why people want child care. And especially if you're living in a place like New York, it can be outrageously expensive. And it talks about that in the story. My answer to that is... I understand, especially if you're a single parent and you got to go to work and child care is difficult and can be very expensive no matter where you live. If you're in New York, it's stupid expensive. But even if you're in some more rural area, it's very difficult and become very expensive. I'm going to offer the same explanation for this as I do with anything else. I understand these parents need help, whether they're a couple or a single parent. It's not for the taxpayers to provide it for you. And besides, your government's going to do a lousy job at it, so don't even wish it. The idea that, well, it's going to be free. No, your taxes are going to go up. Everything is going to get more expensive. It's not going to be free. You have churches. You have civic groups. You have friends and family. And if your government were to get out of the way, child care would be a lot less expensive or less expensive a lot yeah I, was about, I don't want to get that backwards I don't want to say more expensive it would be cheaper and I don't mind of course you want to make sure that anywhere someone goes to drop their kid off at daycare is a good quality facility of course you want that and that's one of the few times that I would have government oversight to make sure that it is actually a good child care facility but I know personally of there's there's moms sometimes single sometimes not they make a little extra money 
by taking on a, a couple of kids at home. So they have their own kid plus a couple of the neighbor's kids, and they make a tad extra money on the side doing it. And that's perfectly fine. They don't have like 50 kids in the house. They maybe have one or two extra, and they make a little extra money on it. And depending on where you live, there's government regulations that would like to put a stop to that, which I take a look at and go, why? The free market found a, an affordable solution. What you don't want to do, and this is what the people in New York are making the mistake of doing, is you don't want to start some government-run program. We're going to have free child care so parents can go to schools. It's not going to be free. And because it's government-run, it's going to be a nightmare. Just like everything else the government tries to fix. That includes even things like universal health care, but so many other things where the government wants to take over and run it. Therefore, and it's going to be free to the taxpayer. Your taxes will have to go up in order to pay for free. Free is never free. Free is often the most inefficient and expensive way to get something done when government does free. So for those people who would like child care because they're having trouble affording it, I get it. But you're looking to the wrong people to get it. 942, Wake Up Wyoming. Across Wyoming and beyond with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030, K2 Radio. 9.47 is the time. Let's wake up Wyoming. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino's waiting by. Okay, Frank, we have to get you to weigh in on this uh, important sports topic that we've been talking about for almost an hour. What? Baseball? Uh, no. Go back to your early school days. Dodgeball. Uh, oh, dodgeball. Well, yeah. It, it, it works out better when you're inside. So this is how it would work, is that yeah. a lot of the guys that I went to grade school with had pretty good arms. Yeah. So you normally would stand far away, mm-hmm. you know, and then you could just would just catch it or something like that. Yeah. But when a ball kind of got in the middle, yeah. somebody had to go have the stones to go get it. Yeah. And then when somebody goes gets it, the three other or four other people who have balls, it's just a attack you. They're yep. just ramming you. And you hear it? The only rule we had is if, if you were hit in the head, you were still in the game. Really? That's yeah. usually when I was out, because that's where I was... This whole thing started when I told people, if you play dodgeball, especially if you got hit in the head, to this day, you remember that sound. Yeah. yeah. But, but you were still allowed to play. Well, now, the other thing, and you see, you notice Frank is really, as a sportscaster, even back in his young young years as a kid, he was thinking this out as a sportscaster. Have you noticed that, folks? He has every bit about the game, I mean, down, strategy and everything. Hiding behind people so you can stay in the game and throw around them. That's weak. Yes, but it's a good strategy. But, but, but here's the other thing. Yeah. If you have the ball... Yeah. And a ball is thrown at you, you can deflect the ball by just holding the ball the that ball you have, yeah. And, yeah. and you're still in the game. And people would try to convince me blocking is illegal with the other ball. No, 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 it's legal. Perfectly acceptable yeah. like that. Now, who did you enjoy hitting more with the dodgeball? Your best friend or your worst enemy? Worst enemy. Okay. Okay, because to me, it's kind of a mixed bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know what? And on a related thing, in college, I had played racquetball with my with my roommate. He's still, and I, we were still yeah. friends for all these years, and um, and I nailed him in the back with a shot. It was completely unintentional, and yeah. I never played racquetball ever again. Oh, okay. I mean, it was like I had shot him. Oh, yeah. Well, that can actually hurt. <laughs> yeah. You're like, but, ah! Now, I did get a confession from a teacher, though. Oh. The teacher 
will admit, just flat out admit it, they had ulterior motives because it was fun watching those kids tear into each other. Oh, absolutely. Then, yeah. they, then they come to class and they're worn out. Then I wonder, more, yes. More, more, more oh, I hadn't thought about that. The kids are worn out. And I wonder, do you think the teachers were placing bets? I think they they secretly had some satisfaction about yeah. that kid oh, getting nailed in the face. Definitely did. Yeah, definitely did. Now, I enjoyed the dodgeball games, and mainly, Frank, because after all the carnage was over, and it looked like the battlefield after Gettysburg when it was all done, yeah. everybody, even enemies, got up and walked away laughing, smiling, and friends were made. Right. Yeah, that was the whole point. You, you of got thing. your frustrations out, and then yes. you're, you're like, I'm too tired to argue with you anymore. Let's just go back to school. It all, this whole conversation started because skeet shooting is taken off and as a sport in high school across the United States. In fact, from sixth grade up to 12th grade, including here in Wyoming, as a sport. In high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have they have uh, rifle teams. They do. And yeah. skeet shooting teams are popping up. And while schools want to ban guns, on the other hand, some schools like in New Jersey wanted to ban dodgeball. No. Why? <sighs> I mean. You're going to have angry people all day at school. Yes. If you don't give them an outlet. Right. Like dodgeball. Exactly. Then, then you teachers are going to put up with angry people all day long. And like you said, after dodgeball-y, nappy. Yes, pretty much. In the NFL, former Wyoming Cowboy quarterback Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills have a huge game as they'll take on Kansas City in a rematch of their classic playoff game last season in which the Chiefs won in overtime. Allen had a field day on Sunday as the Bills ran over the Pittsburgh Steelers 38-3, and he threw for 348 yards in the first half and 424 for the game. Threw a 98-yard touchdown pass on third down and 10 to Gabe Harris on the Bills' first possession. Harris caught three balls for 171 yards and two touchdowns, and Allen was almost surprised how quickly and how often... uh, they scored pretty crazy it's uh not too not too often like you have those type of drives i I mean we had a i think we had a one play drive two two play drives and a three play drive which ended in touchdowns and that's that's crazy and the Bills are 4-1. Kansas City comes in at 4-1 with a win over the Las Vegas Raiders, 30-29. to And then their last time out in high school football, our latest wildpreps.com poll is out in 4A. Sheridan remains number one, Cheyenne East two, Natrona three, Cheyenne Central four, and Thunder Basin five. And Cody uh, is the, still the number one team in 3A. Star Valley two, Douglas three, followed by Buffalo and Powell. Lovell remains number one in 2A. Tongue River two, followed by Lyman, Bighorn, and Cokeville. And 1A, Nyman, Pine Bluffs one, Wind River two, and Shoshone three. Wind River and Shoshone will play each other on Thursday in Pavilion with Big Piney 4 and Southeast 5. And in 1A 6-man, Little Snake River is still number 1, Dubois 2, Burlington 3, and Campman 4, and KC 5. Former Wyoming Cowboy basketball player Drake Jeffries has signed a free agent deal with the NBA's Orlando Magic. Now he has to uh, make the team. He did not play in Orlando's preseason game last night against Memphis, but in his senior year at UW, Jeffries was just excellent from the perimeter, making 94 threes, shooting 41% from the arc. Jeffries did, not, did play with the Denver Nuggets Summer League team back in July. In Major League Baseball, the playoffs resume today. The, the, the afternoon game in the National League will have Atlanta and Philadelphia. Philadelphia won game one yesterday, 8-7. to seven. And tonight in the National League, it'll be game two between the Los Angeles Dodgers and the San Diego Padres. The Dodgers won last night's game, 5-3. Uh, to three. In the American League from last night, it was uh, Houston over uh, Seattle, 8-7, to seven, thanks to a three-run walk-off home run by Jordan Alvarez. And the New York Yankees uh, beat Cleveland 4-1 to one as uh, Anthony Rizzo drove in two runs and a home run. So baseball and baseball and more baseball. There are dodgeball leagues out there. Oh, I'm sure there is. And remember, there's a movie dodgeball. Yes. Rule number six, you may throw the ball... Oh, I'm sorry, you may block with the ball you're holding. Yes. However, if you drop the blocking ball 
in the act of blocking. You're out. You're out. Or if you don't make a clean block and it grazes your body, you're still out. So it has to be a clean block, and you're not allowed to drop the ball you blocked with. I wish we had dodgeball games between the students and the teachers. Yeah. You know, we their, their, arm, it, their arms um, are stronger, and I would, t- I would tell them this. They go, you better make that count. I, why, don't, why don't we do this? Because well, I'm going to get my crack, and I'm going to make mine count. The on-air people against the salespeople. We'll start that. Not today. No? Okay. Maybe thank tomorrow. You. All right. Thank you, Frank. Let's wake up, Wyoming. The 